This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. A couple of things made it really interesting, right? The fact that where all this power come from? And yes, for one night, for one night, the trades that the front office did worked marvelous. Marvelous for one night. Now we'll see what happens going forward. But for last night, with Naquin hitting not one but two home runs, with Vogelbach hitting a home run, Peter Alonso a home run, I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And of course, you know, the bullpen, Adovino made it a little interesting. But Edwin Diaz, who's been just phenomenal, shut the door. So the Mets picked up a game on Atlanta, now four and a half as they start tonight. And but it's, we're going to see a lot of Atlanta. There's still 11 more meetings between these two teams, 11 more, including four more this weekend. And tonight, Tywan Walker will take the hill for the Mets tonight. So now the questions become with Naquin and Kana. Now, Kana has been playing very well for the Mets. Naquin comes in, hits a couple of home runs. So, Buck Showalter, here's the question. How do you handle that platoon situation? What, what kind of is the plan in left field with Kana and Naquin now? Kind of take a look at each one each day. Take it as it comes. Uh, not get totally, you know, because all of a sudden something can happen. Maybe Starling needs a day, Nim needs a day. You know, move the, that's one thing that, that Billy and everybody's been very adamant about, keeping the versatility of the roster where you can move things around. You know, I've got some plans. If there's not something that comes up, you know, as tomorrow comes in to play and, you know, the series after that and the off day after Wednesday, you know, we've already been thinking about ways to you know, make use of the time, you know, you know, what's that uh, Miss Monk in the first grade? She had a thing to check, you know, uses time wisely or uses all, you know. So I, I remember that. She used, I got an X in that one time because she said I got some uh, work done too fast and sat around and played. Should have used my time more wisely. Anybody care? No, I didn't think so. You guys have, have used kind of. Well, you remember all your elementary school teachers' names, right? Yeah. Everybody does. <laughs> Typical Buck Showalter, right? Give you an answer and then take you on a little trip. Take out just a little trip, just a little tease, just a little trip about his elementary school teacher and using time wisely. So in other words, he's going to have a lot of fun with this flexibility that he's gotten. And he's going to play the, he's going to play the, the percentages. So here's the one thing that I'm confident about with Buck Showalter in this era of sabermetrics. I am sure that he will look at numbers. He'll hear what the sabermetricians in the Met organization have to say. And he will, along with what he sees, he will make the proper move to keep people fresh in the lineup. Because that's what he's got to do. And yes, he does have that option. He's got a DH that's available. He can move, rest some people. Marte can get a break. Nemo can get a break. So he can move some folks around in that outfield. It's not a bad thing. But it is just curious because of the way Naquin started out. I mean, how do you sit this guy out, right? He kept against your fiercest rival, right? Your fiercest rival against him 
in Atlanta, he comes in and hits two home runs. That's pretty good. That's enough to keep Connor on the bench. <laughs> so we'll see what happens tonight. Of course, the New York Yankees are back in action. They will be in St. Louis to meet the Cardinals. And it'll be for the Yankees to see if they can get back on their winning streak, get back on some winning ways. They can't worry about Garrett Cole because Garrett Cole is not starting tonight. So they have a couple of days to worry about him. But really, the bottom line here is uh, Aaron Judge, I'm I'm sure, is back in the lineup after having two days off with the, the uh, series finale and then the day off yesterday. So I'm sure that he will be in, ready to go tonight in St. Louis, and that's going to be an interesting game. And yeah, it, It's always fun when you have the Yankees and, and Cardinals in that interleague matchup because of their history playing against each other in the World Series and so on and so forth. So that's always that's always a good matchup, much like when you talk about, you know, the Giants and the Dodgers and the Mets and, you know, those, those as far as the St. Louis Cardinals is concerned, one of those, you know, all-world teams. So that's, that's going to be interesting. Of course, we'll keep you updated on both the games, the Mets in Atlanta and the Yankees in St. Louis. But I'm going to start with some football, and we'll have a special guest a little later in the show, Chris Canty from Canty and Carlin on ESPN will join us, and we'll take a look around the National Football League Get his thoughts on a couple of things. But I want to talk some Jets football because uh, my good friends, DPH and Rothenberg, were up early this morning. Early. Talking Jets from uh, one Florham Park down in one Jets way in Florham Park, New Jersey. And the conversation, I want to start out because we heard a lot from Robert Sala and I'll share some of the information he gave the guys. And Lakin Tomlinson also. But I want to talk about one of the running backs because that's been something that we've heard a lot about, right? We understand that, and we've talked about it a lot, for this Jet team to be successful offensively, what you want to do is make sure that you get Zach Wilson into the flow of the offense. You're not trying to put the whole offense on him. You're not trying to say, listen, we're putting this offense on your shoulders. March us down the field. I'm not sure he's ready for that yet, second year. But if you have an established running game and you have his ability to connect with tight ends and running backs out of the backfield, running backs in the slot, different formations that you can use, then what that will eventually do is even if you're not running the ball well, you can throw to your running back and and march the ball down the field because what is it? It's all about getting first downs, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you want. You want to march the ball down the field and keep the and keep it going where you can get into the end zone and hopefully score some points. And then have and then with a great job of special teams, let your defense have a long field that they have to, you know, defend, which is good. So for me, it is a special look at how these running backs are going to be. Now, Michael Carter was very good last year, had some injuries, but showed a burst, showed that he could be a very talented running back. And Brees Hall is somebody that when you watch him and you've seen what he's been able to do, he looks pretty good as well. So here's Michael Carter on the team drafting Brees Hall to play running back. The way that things are going, um, I still do have a lot of respect in the building. And, you know, they see me as, you know, however they see me. But I think my goal, my main goal is to just get better each and every day, just like, you know, improve my craft. And yeah, at the same time, you know, push the other guys to get better and vice versa. You know, we're all working to, you know, win games. 
And winning games means time of possession, right? Because here's what you here's what really helps you win games in the National Football League. And it's not about running the football all the time, all right? As Greg Butler will tell you, part of our game day crew, along with Dan Grasa, is, hey, it's about running in the red zone. If you can run in the red zone, that's important. Not running all the, all the game, but running in the red zone. You know what else is important? Running in the fourth quarter when you have a lead and you want to run the clock down. That's the other time it's very important for you to be able to run the football. Because what it does then is it allows you to eat time off the clock. Okay? So, once again, the running game is going to have a very big impact on this Jet team this year. Aside from the offensive line, and that's all entitled with the running game, that's all intact with the running game and being able for Zach Wilson to read his keys and to utilize two very talented tight ends who can make some plays for him. Once again, I know, and, and I criticized him last night because you played an excerpt of his and he was talking about the off-schedule plays and he can make them, he can do all that, and that's great. That's fabulous. But it's also going to be his ability to stay in the pocket, be able to make some throws and make the easy throws. You know, he, he didn't do a bad job getting the ball down the field last year. He had issues on the short and intermediate pass routes. And the the inability to quickly decide whether the first or second read was open or not. West Coast offense, they almost shut down one side of the field. Here's one, here's your first key, here's your second key. By the second key, if you don't have it, toss it. Throw it out of bounds. We'll come back and we'll figure out the next play. So that's what you want him to be able to do. But the ability to run the football, the ability to then go to play action, to do a bunch of different things, offensively to open up your passing game is key for this team. 1-800-919-3776. We'll come back. We'll talk a little Jets football next on 98.7 ESPN. Before I continue my conversation about the Jets, Tyrone Walker misstepped on his motion a couple of minutes ago on the mound, and he was hobbling around, and, you know, they had the mound visit. He's like, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And here's the thing about most athletes. They'll tell you they're good even when they aren't. (laughs) All right. So I don't know what that means, but, you know, here's what I do know. Atlanta has a one nothing lead. RBI uh, RBI double. Matt Olson. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Also, you can hit me up on Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Hey, Artie in Brooklyn, you're up first. When uh, when Walker threw the ball on the floor, I said he's out for the year. I never I, n- I never saw something like that <laughs> where you know he actually Stop didn't get it, hurt. Oh. Yeah, thank good. I know. Thank goodness. Anyway, um, as far as the Jets, um, you know, we went to two AFC championships back to back with a quarterback that only played one year in college, and they basically ran the ball and they played defense. So this team, to me, is so much more talented than the team that went to that, to that AFC championship. And I think that you would agree that Wilson does have more talent than Sanchez. It's just about, like you said, playing like how we drafted him. The, 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 if the thing to me was how many passes he was missing. We drafted him for his accuracy, and he was missing little passes, you know, when he went to his second option, it's like he panicked. 
and he just like was missing guys left and right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just hoping there's a big improvement. But even Larry, if there isn't, there's still not an excuse. I'm looking forward to this team. They, I, I mean, what aspect of that team is is like what's their weakest point? The kicker. What's their weakest point right now, as as a team, as the yeah. way you the way yeah. you see it? Yeah. Artie, uh, thanks for the phone call. I would say special teams is always a concern with them. Uh, so that's one thing. Plus, it, it's also like on paper, this defense, if it stays healthy, the front should be able to put some pressure on the opposing quarterbacks. But you're just really concerned. That's still a young secondary, right? You, you got Sauce Gardner back there. He's a young guy. And there's going to be growing pains. I mean, listen, Darrell Rivers wasn't Rivers Island overnight. <laughs> I'm not saying that he got burned, but I am saying there's a huge learning curve in the National Football League, all right? And corner is not the easiest position to play. You know, this is this is a league that's built on offense. So, you know, three wides or five wides or who do you defend and crossing patterns and stop-and-go patterns and all the various things, at the elite speed and talent that – the NFL provides is not like college. This is not what you, this is not what he's, he's seen nothing like this before. The speed, the ability for the quarterbacks to move the football, all that stuff is new for a young player like Sauce Gardner. So, you know, those are the things. So I would say the secondary is, is, is a concern. And listen, Artie, until he improves, Zach Wilson. I mean, we still don't know. He should be better. We're hearing he's better. We know that, one day he's really good, and one day he's really bad. That's 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 training camp for you. That's how it is. And you and once again, my colleagues do a great job of keeping you involved and telling you what's going on in camp and all the different reps and stuff like that. For me, not until you get put on pads and play somebody else, like they play Philadelphia in a week, that will tell me what I need to know. Then you'll start to see it's somebody else. All right, it's. It's a team that's, you know, it's, it's a different look. It's a guy, it, it's a team that's not going to take it easy on your quarterback. <laughs> it's going to be a little different talent-wise and, and size that you'll be able to see what exactly is going on. That's how you'll be able to measure your team. You can't continue to measure. Look, they had a, a freaking set camp today. Because people are tired on beating on each other. <laughs> You're ready to beat on somebody else. Whoa. Atlanta up 4 nothing. Three-run home run off Walker. Tough first inning. Eddie Rosario, three-run shot. So that's your concern. That's the concern that I have about the Jets. So once again, the talent, I, I would agree with you. There's They are more talented in a lot of areas, but in the key areas, like the offensive line, that was a heck of an offensive line, Artie. Those back-to-back AFC championship teams, had a heck of an offensive line. They were able to run the football, just what we were talking about. So that's why they took a chance on Mark Sanchez, having only played one year at SC, having his then head coach Pete Carroll said he should come back a year. But they rolled the dice, especially after Brett Favre said he wasn't coming back. They rolled the dice and say, look, we can we can do we can run the football and have him just manage the game. And that's what they were able to do. And so it was running and defense. 
that got that team to the AFC Championship games. And then, listen, give Sanchez credit. He won games on the road in, in tough teams, in tough cities, tough places to win. And he was able to do that. There were some plays that he had to make, and he did. So those are the other things you realize. But, you know, realistically, talent-wise, I think this team may have more talent, but they may have more younger talent. But the question is, just how good is this talent? Robert Sala on DPH and Rothenberg talking about Zach Wilson's growth from last year to this year and what he's seen so far in camp. He's going to be better. Uh, we already see it. Um, the, the, the command he has of the, uh, of the huddle, the, the understanding of the playbook, his demeanor in meetings, his, his, the way he goes about his business on the practice field, the questions he asks, the, things he, that, the way he reacts to, to mistakes and, and positive moments for that matter. Um, you know, his release times are getting better. He, 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 looks, he looks like he's getting a lot better, and he is. And, um, and we're just excited for him to get out and to, to, to play different people. We get a chance to play Atlanta, Philadelphia, uh, practice against Atlanta and, and the uh, Giants, of course, and uh, just really looking forward to him getting those opportunities and, uh, and, and to continue with his growth. Yeah, that's what you want. you want. You want him to grow. You want him to see as many different defenses as possible. You want him to react favorably to those. But most importantly, you want him to study and learn from the mistakes that he made against those teams to make sure that he does not make those same mistakes again. That's what you, that's what you need from him, for him to be able to make the adjustments. And it's important for the coaching staff, and this is the one thing that, for me, Robert Sala and his whole staff has to do a little better job of, and that is making those halftime adjustments that gives your team a chance to win, putting them in a winning position, making them comfortable, understanding that, hey, look, this is what they did against us before. This is now what we have to do against them. This is what they're taking away from us. All right, let's make them pay. This is how we'll deal with them when this comes up again. That's what you need to see from your quarterback. And by the way, that's what you need to see from your coordinators to put him in a spot where he can make plays and be confident and please not turn the football over. We'll continue the conversation in your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. one 800 talking Giants and Jets here. And um, listen, Lincoln Tomlinson is the stabilizing factor on that, on that offensive line for the Mets. And he's a guy who is going to be able to try to pull this young team together. You've got a couple of veterans that obviously Fant played well for you last year. you got now somebody on, on this side. At the, at the tackle position in Tomlinson, pro bowler. And then now you've moved Becton and Vera Tucker on the other side, and, you know, they, they seem to be pretty good. They seem to be, from what I've seen in camp, they seem to be working well together. So these are the, these are the building blocks, right? And as Jet fans will remember, this is, this is almost like, almost, almost what the Jets did back in the day when they brought Alan Fanica in to solidify the offensive line, to show the Brickershaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold how to play the game. 
you have that veteran, that grizzly veteran who knows how to perform, who knows how to block, who knows the ins and outs, who knows the secrets, knows the preparation, what you have to do, the little things, the little things that you look at from your defense. Little, you know, little subtle things that you pick up in film study about how to better prepare and to get that edge. And so this is very similar. And this is this will help these uh, these young players. There's no question about it. This is going to help them, and uh, we'll put them put the uh, you know help the Jets in a situation where <laughs> they've been looking for this offensive line. They've been trying to rebuild this offensive line forever, forever. Jose's in Newark. What's up, Jose? What's up, man? How are you, man? How you doing? Thanks for taking the call. My pleasure. Good, good. Thank you. Um, listen, I love the Jets. I love what they've done across the board on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I, I think they're doing a great job of building this team. The only, uh, I think the only worry I have is the entire, that entire division is young. And um, everybody's pretty much investing on their quarterback. My silver lining is I'm not a big b- believer in Tua or uh, Mac Jones. I don't think that they have the potential that Zach has. Um, if we run the ball and give this kid, and they've given this kid a lot of weapons and a lot of tools in order for him to be able to be feel supported and be able to become the quarterback everybody hoping he is. But if he's not, man, these other these these other teams are chomping at the bits as well. They've given the same amount of talent or comparable talent to Tua. Mac Jones has that brainiac for a head coach over there as well, and Buffalo is Buffalo. So it's really going to come down to Zach Wilson being what everybody thinks he is because it's there for him to be. He could definitely be the second-best quarterback in the division, but he can also be the the worst quarterback in the division, which is what I'm hoping doesn't happen. But it's going to be a dogfight for, you know, a few years. Um, but I think he has a great a great potential and a great um chance of really cutting himself out as, a, you know, a good quarterback. Top five, top ten, that's a lot to ask for, but definitely – a quarterback where for the next decade we could just say, you know, we don't have to worry about quarterback. But um, it's going to be, at the end of the day, it's going to be about him because that division is probably going to be a tough for them. It's going to be tough for the next decade. It is, Jose. You're right. And thanks for the phone call. It, it's a tough division. You talked to, you alluded to Bill Belichick. And, you know, there's a lot of conversation about them not having an offensive coordinator. Matt Patricia's calling plays on the offense. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the, you know, it's, it's Belichick. But you do have a young quarterback in Mac Jones, but, you know, he was able to get some playoff experience last year, so that's a good thing for him. You know, that's that's a positive that he was able to, to get that. Um, it, it is a tough division. I know what you're saying about Tua, but listen, Tyreek Hill, great receivers, can help quarterbacks out. And Miami is pretty – Miami is not, a, is not devoid of talent. They, they've got a pretty good team. It's a matter of if, if, as you said, Tua can bring things together for them. The other interesting thing about, and as you said <laughs> correctly, Buffalo is Buffalo. And they're the class of that division right now. And the other thing is that the schedule, which we've talked about. I mean, you start out, your first four games are against the AFC North, which is physical. You open with Baltimore at home on September 11th. You've got, which is really going to be a test for your defense. It's a test for their ability to uh, protect their lanes. 
to have, uh, in, you know, gap integrity because Lamar Jackson can go anywhere. He is an unbelievable running, passing quarterback. He's an unbelievable talent who's trying to get another contract. Okay? So you start with him, and you start with a very physical defense. Then you're at Cleveland. Same thing. Physical defense, Miles Garrett. Don't know who's going to be quarterback there, whether it's going to be Deshaun Watson, whether it's going to be Jacob, Jacoby Brissett. Who don't, don't know who's going to be the quarterback there. All right, but that's but you know with you know Miles Garrett's going to be there. Very physical defense. Cincinnati with Joe Burrow can put points on the board. Once again, that's going to test your defense. And then you end the first you're in the fourth game, October 2nd against Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, it's always tough to play in in, in three rivers. Used to be three rivers. But it's always tough to play uh, in Pittsburgh at that stadium. Always tough. And once again, the interesting thing there is who's going to be the quarterback? It's going to be Trubisky. Who's it going to be? Who's going to be your starter? So you're not real sure there. But I agree with Gordon. If you can go two and two minimum in those first four games, if you can go two and two, it sets you up because your next six are very tough. Your next six after those four, you host Miami, you're at Green Bay, you're at Denver, you host New England and Buffalo, you have a bye week, and then off the bye week, you start at New England. That's a tough six games. That's a tough six games. I mean, Miami at home, at Green Bay, at Denver, home for New England, home for Buffalo, at New England. <laughs> it's tough. Okay? Would you, for those six, I mean, to me, three and three is almost like six and oh. <laughs> for, those, for those six games. That's tough. Okay, I, I guess the, the closest shot you have, oh, what a catch. Rob Peter Alonzo. Still 4 nothing Atlanta. Uh, you have the, I think you have a great shot against Miami at home. You normally split with Miami, right? You win here, they win there. Usually that's how it goes. But you're at Green Bay, at Denver, with Russell Wilson and that offense, and they have a very talented defense. New England, you always have trouble with home and away. Buffalo, you always have trouble with home and away. And then you got the bye week, and then you come back, and it's New England, in New England, where you very rarely win. It's a tough schedule. Then it gets a little easier. At Chicago, I mean, home for Chicago. At Minnesota in December, burr. At Buffalo, home for Detroit and Jacksonville. At Seattle, at Miami to end the season. So the first four are not bad. But that middle six, I mean, you could you could lose your season on those middle six games. You could start two and two. And come out of the bye week, I mean, there's a good, you could easily lose all five of those. You could come out of the bye week two and seven. And then at New England, which means you could be two and ten. And once again, we're just we're we're basing it on the team that we're seeing from last year. 
Now, you don't know what happens when you play him. There could be injuries. You could be on a high. You could be – there's a bunch of different variables. But when you look at the schedule, you're looking at it based on the talent of the teams that you know what they've had. That's a tough schedule. It's really tough. So you want your young quarterback to grow up? He's going to grow up quick. <laughs> He's going to grow up quick. He is. He's going to have to. On the road. 1-800-919-3776. More Giants and Jets talk next on 98.7 ESPN. You heard Robert Sattler tell uh, the guys on the Michael K show that he's really, they've been, they've been impressed with how he's come into camp. And uh, this time he looks to be, you know, more focused and happy and showing that he can, uh, you know, do some things. So that's interesting. Interesting. Hardy State. On 98.7 ESPN, flying solo, Gordon Damer on vacation, 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardish, the ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Uncle L, J. Blaze NYC says, you know I'm a New York Giants fan. However, I need you to give me two players, can you, Zach, on both sides of the ball for your Jets. He's giving them to me. I'm not a Jet fan, but I understand. That if they have a breakout or big year, could really get the Jets towards Ira's seven to eight wins prediction. I think one of them, I'm going to say, Quinnen Williams taking the next step on the defensive line. Quinnen Williams, six nothing Atlanta. Quinnen Williams uh, pressuring the quarterback, doing a great job in stopping the run which is mandatory for this Jet defense. Okay, we'll hear from Robert Sala on the defense in a second. If this team is going to do anything, okay, to help out the offense, they've got to be better than they were defensively. And on the case show earlier in the week, Sala talked about, he mentioned the, the games. There were three games, including the Colts, where they, they looked like they, the holes were so big, it's like you could run alongside each other. And still get big yardage. That's how big the holes were. They just couldn't get it done. So I'm going to say Quentin Williams and his ability, his versatility to also pressure the passer but stop the run and to be active enough that he can take on, that he would command the double team. And then that would allow, allow, you know, his other teammates to go out and, you know, do the job where they can pick up, you know, pick up the, pick up the slack. And, and make plays like Lawson, who's from what I've heard has had an unbelievable camp. All right. So that would be, that would be one person defensively on the defensive line to put pressure on the quarterback. I'm going to say offensively, uh, I really think they need a great year from either Hall or Carter at the running, running back situation. I think if they can establish, Jay Blaze, a fabulous running game, if they can establish that, where you've got guys that's averaging 4.5, 5 yards a carry, if you can get a situation like that, which will then open up your wide receivers and open up your tight ends and just open up the offense. So I think somebody in the running back, somebody in the backfield, because in the West Coast offense, it's usually back running back by committee. So I think that's where 
you will find the difference. That's where the players are going to get better. That's where you'll see that offense grow. And yeah, that will help Zach Wilson because obviously you need to see him take the next step. But I think those are the players. Those are the player, the player and positions that I think need to be better. Now, some other honorable mentions. Uh, clearly, you need to see Corey Davis give you a full season and, and give you some production that he did not give you last year. Okay, he was brought in to be the number one receiver. Okay, obviously, Elijah Moore showed you something last year. He's very good. Braxton Barrios had an unbelievable season in special teams and in the offense. He became really Zach Wilson's favorite receiver when he was back from injury at the tail end of the season and earned Barrios a very nice contract reward. So I think those players, those are other players that you could find. Uh, defensively, Listen, I already mentioned it. Uh, you need to see what Sauce Gardner brings to the table there. You'd like to also see what you can get from, from your linebacking core. Okay? You want to see what you can get from your linebacking core because they they CJ Mosley was all over the field last year. He was he was <laughs> he was covering receivers, he was covering running backs, he was covering tight ends, he was all over the field. Last year, all over the field. So uh, hopefully, you know, the Jets can uh, do a little better job than they did last year defensively. That's going to be a key thing. Tough night for Tyron Walker. He is gone. He is gone after giving up six runs and seven hits in uh, in an inning. Plus. The Giants, of course, are a whole other subject. I had a conversation with a former Giant today who has been over at uh, the training camp and has indicated to me that he was very impressed with what he saw from Saquon Barkley. His ability to quickness, had a burst, cutting back. He looked very good. And listen, that's great news for the Giants. Okay, that's great news for the Giants. That's great news for Daniel Jones. Because once again, if he can up his production from what it was last season, you'd, you'd, you'd be ecstatic. You'd be very happy. And so would Daniel Jones because that would allow him to go to the play action, which I think is one of his strengths. It would allow him to you know, pick up his completion percentage, which I think is something that has deteriorated. You know, when he first – it's funny. It's funny to look for at revisionist history, right? Because there were there was there was an argument on these airwaves as to who was better, Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold, and that Daniel Jones in his first year looked better than Sam Darnold, who had trouble completing passes. And his uh Daniel Jones completion percentage, even though he turned the purple over entirely too much. But his completion percentage was had to be like 60%, something if I remember correctly, like 60, 62% his first year. And then, of course, unfortunately for him, it's dropped, partially because of the offense, partially because of injuries, partially because he hasn't played at the same level. So, of course, the Saquon Barkley running the football, giving you the production that you're used to seeing, not the two touchdowns he gave you last year, even though he had close to 600 yards on the ground. That's that's what you need to help your giant offense. That's what you need to help your quarterback. 
Although, once again, in this situation with Brian Dayball, he wants to find out if Daniel Jones is their quarterback. And to find that out, he needs to give him all the tools, open up all the playbook, open up as much as possible so that you can see if this guy is really who he is. You have to make a decision on him this year. You have to give him everything. Now, Tyrod Taylor's had a great camp. Tyrod Taylor's familiar with the offense. He knows how it goes, so he's got a little edge over Daniel Jones. But the bottom line here is, for Jones, you got to go out and produce. Now, it doesn't mean he didn't have to go out and produce before, but this is a new audience. Yes, he had Joe Judge for two years, and Joe Judge was the new head coach, but when Joe Judge was here, his first year, Daniel Jones still had his original contract. He was on his rookie deal. Judge had not picked up that fifth-year option. All right? So they're saying, hey, show us what you can do. So he's got to show them something. And this is going to be his opportunity this season to do that. Now, the concern you have for him is, once again, turning the football over. Will he be able to get that okay? Will he be able to deal with that? That's number one. Can he cut those down? Number two, how available are his receivers going to be? Okay, Sterling Shepard's going to start on pop. I'm sure he's rehabbing from an injury last year. Kadarius Tony's the wild card here, ladies and gentlemen. If if they could just, he is a guy from what I've been reading, is from play to play, he'll give you a couple of really good plays where he's just focused and ready and just running the routes and making great plays, leaping grabs. And then a little later, he's lost his focus a little bit. He's got a drop pass easy. It's right in his hands. He's he's had some issues. So if you can get him, because in the game, the game, and I don't remember the team I saw him against last year, but there was one game where he just jumped off the page at his availability and his talent. What he was able to do was just amazing. You're like, oh, wow, this is your game-breaking receiver. Was not able to do it consistently. So that's going to hurt your quarterback, right? So if he can do, if he can find a way to be more consistent and do the things that can help the quarterback, then I think, you know, this will be good. For, this will be a fair evaluation of Daniel Jones. Because remember, this new group has no allegiance to Daniel Jones. They didn't draft him. Their job is to see, is this the guy we want to take with us going forward? And that's a decision that they have to make. And so for them, the question quickly becomes, okay, is this the guy we can win with? Can he fit what we want to do in our offense? Can he be the person? that we can ride behind and now build our offense around his talents. I'll say this, and and I said this when he first came here. Don't think that he's, that uh, Coach Dayball is going to make him, (laughs) you know, the next unbelievable quarterback like they have up in Buffalo. Okay, don't, don't, that's not necessarily the case. 
But if he makes him the best Daniel Jones he could be, then at least you have an idea of what's going on with your team. And that's what's important. And of course, on the other side of the football, it's it's what they can do defensively, right? It's it's what they bring to the table. It's what that secondary can do. It's what that linebacking core can do. Can Blake Martinez come back and be the dominant guy he was previously before the injury last year? I mean, he was, I mean, his years with the Giants, he's been the leading tackler on that team. He's been everywhere, all over the field. And they sorely missed him defensively last year. Sorely missed him. So will he be able to come back and give you in this new scheme with Wink Martindale from Baltimore, who, you know, loves the exotic blitzes, who loves a physical defense. You, you, you've seen his work. <laughs> you, know, you, you know his calling card. They're physical. They love to beat, beat you up. They love to play tough against the run, want to be stout against the run, and pressure the quarterback and try to send different blitzes and schemes that your quarterback can't figure out. That's what that's what they're about. That's going to be the identity of this Giants defense. So uh, it, it will we'll see what uh, you know we'll see what happens. Remember Giants and Jets in the postseason in the preseason. It's going to be interesting. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I don't even want to tell you what the Mets score is, but I have to. Atlanta up eight nothing, still batting in the second on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN.